Good everyone, this is Rita Joyne and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. The interview that you're going to listen to today is with Alexis Rosenbaum. Now, the reason why I interviewed her and I wanted you to listen to her on this particular podcast is because she had this idea of creating bracelets from a baseball mitt, like a bracelet out of a baseball mitt. And the reason why this is really important is because if you've got some crazy idea that makes no sense or you just don't have any ideas or you just don't know how to make a passion into a profession, I'm hoping that you listening to this interview that I did with Alexis will put into place just, just how possible anything that you, anything wacky, anything crazy that you might think that exists in your brain, how that actually can become something real. Not only that, Alexis will let you know how her baseball bracelets, what she call baseball lacelets, that's what she calls them. They've been doing over $300,000 turnover. So it's doing extremely well. At the time that I did this interview, she was in her third year of business. Uh, and I want you to take out how you see yourself. The one major reason why I'm showcasing these interviews to you guys is so that you can see how our passion is turned into a profession in different ways. There was no one map that anyone followed. They all started to create their own map of how to make that happen by basically just feeling it out. In school, we've been taught that there's a map, you follow it, and you get a good job at the end of that map. That no longer exists. That good job no longer exists at the end of the map. The map has changed. School doesn't seem to comply with that, which is why many people graduate and are disgruntled, if not one day after graduation, then 10 years after graduation, or 10 years after a corporate job, or whatever it might be. But I'm hoping that you take from this the ability and the possibility to create your own map. And by listening to Alexis and all the previous interviews, it's my hope that you just, you find the the audacity to know that you've got all that it is within you to make a map and there will be mistakes and there will be bumps and there will be detours. And that's all part of the journey. This is not the part of the journey that we enjoy, but it's part of the whole system of creating your own map. And you'll hear Alexis and you'll hear her map and you'll hear, she won't call it a map, but you'll hear her journey. You'll hear how she got the idea, how she took it to market, how she got people on board, how she's got in, getting sponsors now on board. And it's all about, now you don't, may not want to start your own business. You might want to keep going in the corporate career. Even in corporate, you need to create your own map. Because what worked 20 years ago, what worked 10 years ago, doesn't necessarily work now. And the skills that you had 10 years ago, five years ago, doesn't necessarily work now. That's the beauty of change. That's the beauty of unboxing your gift and changing with the times to accommodate the changing world so that you grow as an individual. So here's the interview with Alexis Rosenbaum on baseball lacelets. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Let me know, uh, write a review or let me know at reader at unboxyourgift.com and enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Monetize Your Mission. I'm your host, Rita Join, founder of the Dream Job Blueprint and the Speaking Success System. And today I've got Alexis Rosenbaum. And you know, I've, I've brought on Alexis for one specific reason, and that is that we have been showcasing people who have got online businesses who are in the coaching, consulting, speaking, authorship space those people who have a brick and mortar business outside on the offline world. And here is someone who I've brought on board who has a product 
on the online space. She is, Alexis is the co-owner and operator of Baseball Lacelets. And in her 20s, she started to look at starting multiple products and services before finding this specific niche that we're going to talk about, about leather wrap bracelets. And I'm going to let Alexis, Alexis talk about how that idea came about, how they've actually monetized it. And she's now basically third year and it's going from strength to strength. She's got corporations and businesses asking to come and partner with them to get branding for their companies. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you here, Alexis. So welcome to Monetize Your Mission. Thank you. This is really exciting. Now, tell me, for those of, you, of us, or those of us who are listening, who have never heard of baseball lacelets, what is that? Uh, baseball lacelet is a customizable leather piece. Um, it's a bracelet, and it's the leather lacing from a baseball glove, and it will wrap your wrist uh, once or two times. So it's kind of a stackable bracelet, but we allow our customers to put on whatever they want, and so we use a machine that actually prints or engraves on that leather. Um, okay. And then we, we sell uh, tons of regular uh, quotes that we sell a lot of, and we have promos and so forth. So, But our big thing is our customer gets to customize it. Nice. So these are basically leather lace bracelets that mm -hmm. people get to put on happy birthday or go do or just quotes that motivate people as, as they it's like a fashion accessory. Yes, like for Mother's Day we just launched one that says home is where your mom is and then we have a little home plate symbol that's from a baseball field which is super cute. Okay. Now this is this is pretty cool. I know the business is doing really well. Yes. How did you find this idea? Um, well, I graduated from college and um, I worked actually as a personal assistant for a family, a home organizer and manager for about two years. And it was a great job. I learned a lot about myself and how to manage um, adults and children and then a home. And from there, I decided that it just wasn't for me anymore. And when I quit, I took a pretty much a year off from work, um, working anything that was full-time and I worked multiple odd and end um, short-term jobs to try and like kind of figure out where where do I want to go with the direction of my life and um, I tried to learn something in every job that I took uh, and anyway one evening I was complaining to my husband about how I don't have anything of my own and you know what it seems like all these people are doing great and moving ahead you know it's really hard not to compare yourself to people on social media these days and um, I had been complaining for a good year, so he had had it at that point, um, and I was kind of crying, and he had a, um, he has played baseball professionally for a long time, so he had a um, grocery bag full of glove lace, um, and he kind of aggressively tossed it at me and said, you need to make something out of nothing, and let's start with this. Um, and so we just pretty much played with it for about two months from there and um, it was just plain leather and I ordered a hand stamping kit. So for the first four months of business, I actually was hand stamping each individual letter and number and punctuation. Um, oh, so wow. from there, we, we gave them as gifts for the holidays and um, that's how my sister came on board. She really helped with the production and the actual final look of the product. Um, and so we're both co-owners of the business and that's how the idea started. That's incredible. That's Thank you. super incredible because, you know, I've got to say, during this interview series, one of the biggest difference makers have been husbands. Yes. <laughs> just, you know what, just get out and do something and I've given it. I, what, a, what a wise man. Yeah. He, I mean, I definitely kick him in the butt every once in a while and tell him how to get going, but um, we're a good team and I really needed 
um, the push that I have everything I need inside of me to do whatever it is I want to do. Oh, that's, and how did you know? So when your husband gave you these, uh, these leather mm-hmm. strips of leather, how did you know this is going to take off? I mean, what allowed you to, for the first four months, as you said, you were doing it manually yourself? Yes. Um, I actually had no idea and no intention. It was honestly just a way to be creative and give them as gifts to our family for Christmas. Um, and when I gave them as gifts, it was obvious that it was something very, very unique and very cool. And my family was just in awe of the idea and how neat it was. And my sister absolutely loved it. Her name's Hannah. And um, she was living in California at the time. So really what pushed us to put it out there was that we were looking for a way to stay in contact and to keep a relationship, our, our sisterly relationship going. And so we decided it'd be cool to have um, some sort of online shop where we started on Etsy, where we could do certain projects together and split orders and work on different things. Um, so how we, uh, when we decided it was going to be something was about month three. Um, what we had done is we'd sent out lacelets to some, maybe like two major league baseball wives that we knew and the feedback we got from them um, and the fact that they shared it on social media just really helped us take our business, um, really took our business off. So that was a very smart move to send your product to a baseball player's wife. Mm -hmm. Yes, it helped us a lot. Um, We even sent out to um, CrossFit athletes. We had major CrossFit athletes wearing our product and they had, that was actually really cool because they have no connection to baseball at all. So it kind of gave us this um, third bucket of customers that may not have a direct contact or connection to baseball, but loved the idea of wearing the leather bracelet that they could customize. That's the, see, that's incredible that you started off with just these leather strips. You started printing on them. You gave them Mm -hmm. away as gifts for Christmas. People were saying, this is pretty cool. And then you said, okay, it's probably an idea here. And you worked on it, you massaged it by sending it out to people who have a good response. Yes. And then that's, so how did people find out to now start get orders coming in for this? Um, honestly, I think that it was word of mouth and my sister and I both, um, made sure that we attacked social media, that that was a free way to connect to people. And the very first thing we ever did, the the only marketing thing we did almost for a whole year was we on Vista print, you can get 500 business cards printed for 10 bucks, right? So we had on a business card, we printed our Instagram, um, handle name and said, tag us. We want to see you in your lacelet. Um, and show us on Instagram. And that really, it was insane. The response we had from customers who ordered would showcase a photo of them. And then their friends and family would see that photo and have questions and then shop with us. And then we would showcase them on our Instagram, which pretty much made them want to go and tell more people about it. Um, So it started out really organically just by connecting with people, making them feel like we cared about them and we wanted to showcase them in our product. Wow. See, and I love the word you said that we attacked social media. <laughs> As in, yes, we, this is a karate move. <laughs> yes, it is, we, we really did. We went full out. That was our full focus for the first two years of business. Um, this year is our third, just going into our third year, is the first time that we're actually really diving into email marketing and understanding our analytics and where our customers are coming from and how they're shopping. That's, that's see, I, I think that's fantastic. And are you thinking of branching out? Because I know you, it's, it's baseball lacelets. Are you going mm-hmm. to be doing other forms, like revolving that actual from baseball to some other sport as well? Um, right now we're working on a handful of new products, which we're super pumped to release. Um, we're actually rebranding, um, under a new name, May 21st, which is also really exciting. Uh, it'll allow us to include other products. Um, 
those products right now will stay baseball related. We, I think, will always be a baseball-based brand. Um, but that's not to say, you know, 10 years down the road, if we have an interest um, in other sports and we feel like that market is good, that we would definitely be interested in in hitting those markets. Great. And did it take, would you suggest for someone who is looking, because I, I, I know of a lot of people, I get cast a lot of the times, people have so many ideas as to what kind of businesses to start. I know people mm -hmm. who have started all kinds of businesses. What does it take for you, would you say, is the test to know whether an idea is going to be a hero or a, or a zero? Um, I think it's important to surround yourself with people who know how to give um, constructive criticism in a way that is beneficial. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people when you want to put an idea out there. They're not quick to say, you know, how are you going to make that work and super, you know, negative about what your, your ideas or dreams are, but surrounding yourself with people who are like, okay, I get this. Um, I see your vision. Now, how are you going to move into step one and step two? And then how are you, know, how are you going to take it from there? I think my sister and I, we were raised in a family of entrepreneurs and we have a great surrounding circle of people who um, immediately saw our vision. We were good at articulating what our vision was and we were able to give them samples and show them what we want to do. And they, they gave us really good feedback on how to do it, where to do it, what to fix, what was working and what wasn't. So I think that really anything can be a good idea. Any, anything you want to do can work if you're able to figure out what is it that people actually want from you, um, if that makes sense. Yes, no, absolutely, which brings me to my, my point of, I know before um, baseball lacelets, you had other products and services that didn't do well. Mm-hmm. So can you speak to us about, you know, because we're seeing the success of one particular business, but you've also tried your hand at other things. Mm -hmm. so what were those things and what made them not really fly? I'm so glad you asked this question because it's something I um, want to like paste on a wall and read it every day. Um, I think part of finding a passion is taking a step back and trying to figure out what are your interests, which can be really stressful. I think some people think sitting on Pinterest and pinning things is going to help you create these interests. When I really believe in getting out there, accepting opportunities, putting yourself in environments you've never experienced before and trying them will help you generate what your interests are. And then you can decide where you want to direct those interests. So something um, I tried before Baseball Lacelets was actually a home uh, organization company. And uh, it was based off of um, the idea of wanting – I started the home organization business because I, I'm an organized person. I know how to have processes. I know how to you know, make your closet functional and so you can find the right um, outfits and so forth. And the reason that I really believe that it didn't work out was because organizing people's stuff wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I wanted to do. But I knew that organizing was a really big interest of mine and a passion of mine. And through baseball lacelets, I've learned more so than ever this year that my passion is organizing processes and organizing people, um, organizing how our business functions. So last week, I just created all of these three ring binders that literally give every instruction, um, every question we get on a daily basis so that my employees can be self-sufficient and problem solve themselves. So I think that... Um, you know, home organizing was a good trial run. And I think if I hadn't tried home organizing, I wouldn't have been able to come full circle and realize 
really where was my organizing interest at and my passion. That's really interesting. That's super interesting because you loved organizing, but yet the business of organizing wasn't what was really resonating with you. Yes. I hated going through people's stuff. I hated it. It was so awful. But I love working with other people and watching them work and understanding how their brain works and then trying to help them organize it better. How can we make this process better, faster, more efficient, um, cost-effective, and so forth? Which is is what you're doing with baseball lacelets. That's that's what you do on a day-to-day basis. How do I make it better, more effective, more efficient? Yes. That's, that's, the, that's the calling. And it's really interesting that you said that. How much time did you give to the, your first business before thinking, you know what, I just have to stop it? That's so um, it was called Modern Home Management. And I pretty much sat at a desk in my house for three months and built out this entire program, this business plan. I mean, I did everything that someone would tell you to do to start a business. And then I didn't know really where to go with it. Um, I had this whole business I built, but I had no clients. So I think I probably spent a good four months doing it. And I was like, this just isn't working. I'm going to stop doing it um, and and move on to something else. Now I did, it was working again for another personal um, client and doing a lot of home organizing on the side as well as starting up my business. Um, but. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because most people feel that, you know, sometimes when you're in an, as an employee, you're not in the right job. But even in business, you may not be in the right business. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, that's the distinction I'm hearing here. That- yes, yes. I, I think that you sometimes um, put together what you think your interest is with what you think you have experience in dealing with. And you think they should mesh together, mm. but really your interest might be something totally different that you, you don't really have a lot of experience in. That's yeah, that's exactly what I think. And I think that's, and you're the absolute definition of that. You're the absolute definition of it. Just so Thank beautiful. You. <laughs> so you, now you have a co co-partner, your sister, mm-hmm. you guys do 50, 50 in the business. You guys take 50, 50 responsibility. We do. Yeah. She, um, it's, everything is 50, 50. Um, she is, four years younger than me. Um, so it's really fun. She's a totally opposite of me, but in a lot of the same ways, we're the same person. So whatever I say, she just gets, um, she puts something on paper and I understand it as well. And so we work really well together. She's very creative. She's very innovative. Um, she has a million other small businesses she's dreaming to start. And I'm excited because where I am good at is helping her make those become realities and take the steps forward, who to contact, um, what's uh, step one and step two and step three. Okay. Beautiful. I love that. And what was, in fact, when you talk about step one, step two, step, what was your step one? So if I, for example, have an idea in my head or if anyone listening has an idea and they said, this could really work because I've got some traction about it. What Mm -hmm. would you suggest to be step one, step two, step three? to get the ball rolling and build momentum? Um, I think phase one definitely is that you need to figure out how are you going to manufacture? You need to, you need to make the product and then figure out, is that going to work? Um, because you don't know if you put an idea out there, you may get a thousand orders the first day, you may get no orders the first day. Mm. So um, with baseball lacelets, uh, we tried to create a process that worked as quickly as possible. And then um, we decided to put it out there and allow people to come back to us and say, Hey, you're, product sucks or your product's great or, and then change things from there. So I think most of the time phase one, people get hung up on that. The product isn't perfect. So phase one would be to understand the product is never going to be perfect. It's always a growing and changing um, item and process. 
And in phase one, you want to come up with your first, how am I going to do this and how am I going to make it? Um, phase two, I would say, is then you need to photograph and somehow get it out there into someone's hands, whether it's via social media, find 10 influencers that you know who have at least 500 followers of some sort, um, ask them for feedback, ask them to wear it, ask them to share it. And then you can track and see, you know, how are people responding? How many likes did this photo get? Um, what did this person say about wearing the product and so forth? Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. That's, and that's really how you started it, really. Yeah, that's seriously. I, I think that one thing we're very good at is knowing that nothing is ever perfect. Put it out there and let other people guide you. Um, that's actually one of our core values is to let our customers guide us. Which is why you're so successful. Thank because you. Which is for that reason, because really, if you just said, I think I want this, <laughs> so I want yes. to give this to you, and there's just no orders coming in because it's not what the customers want. Yes. I love that. So what are the different channels? I know, obviously, to monetize it, you're selling the baseball lacelets, so that's mm -hmm. one mark. Are there any other channels that you're monetizing? Um, advertising, advertising uh, or anything like that other than just selling the products. Is there anything else that's going on? Um, we should utilize Pinterest more. So that's on our, our goal list of this year is to utilize Pinterest. Um, Instagram is our baby. We love Instagram. We love growing our following. We just reached 13.4, um, which is 13,400 followers on there. And we've grown that organically. Um, this, the, I would say what's been a game changer is learning Facebook ads. Um, oh. <laughs> and then uh, we actually just are bringing someone on board to help us really understand the analytics of what information we're getting back from Facebook and from our site so that we can see where our customers coming from, um, where are they landing, how are they shopping and what are they buying? And then really knowing how to turn all of that in, um, that analytics into use to turn around and make, make more money, make more sales. Beautiful. Um, so Facebook ads has been huge. I don't click on Facebook ads, but apparently lots of people do. <laughs> uh, yeah, billions of people, yeah. <laughs> people are, are clicking on it. And I have to say the algorithms on Facebook, they constantly change, which is yeah. having someone else come and interpret those, those, interpret mm -hmm. those algorithms is a smart move. Yeah. It takes up a lot of time. So what's next for you guys? Is there anything else that you're going to be doing that you're, other than I know that you've got some other ventures on the side, mm -hmm. But in terms of the small businesses that your sister's going to be starting, are they going to be taking season and taking fruit pretty soon? Yeah, we have a couple ideas. Um, we're really trying to hire the correct people here at Baseball Lacelets to sustain the business and um, kind of remove ourselves from the actual manufacturing process. And we can focus on just growing that business. But um, inside of us, how we, you know, we have this passion that um, you're not going to find answers to what you want from your life at college. You're not going to find them on Pinterest. You're not going to find them comparing yourself to other people. Mm. You're going to find them within yourself and going and, and experiencing things, whether that means volunteering or working at a restaurant or, or anything, just really getting in and getting dirty. And so we want to take that passion and we want to help people understand stocking so hard on yourself. Um, and so one of the ideas we have are workbooks. And my sister is very creative. Um, she's learning watercolor paint. And so we really want to create these very brief, short, like 10 to 15 page workbooks um, that can help and guide you through exploring who you are and where to go and how to get started. That's um, excellent. Thank you. That is it. That's going to be fun and exciting. Um, Hannah is working on a utility vest that she's making. Um, it's a vest that she hopes will be for 
the um, the mom, the mom who works, the the dad who has um, things going on, the business owner, and it's almost like cargo shorts but a vest, and oh. it's it's very cool. It's very hipster. Um, it's very like army looking, has very big pockets. Um, it would be perfect for a photographer to put all their things. So that's exciting. She's working on that. Um, those are our two focuses that's right now. Interesting. It's really interesting because you've started already a successful business, but yet you're going on to other ideas as well. Yeah. And, you know, we actually were entertaining an idea of opening a juice and coffee bar, the oh small floral shop. <laughs> our brains are always going. Um, it's fun. It keeps things fresh. And I think that if you just come to work and do the same thing every day and don't allow yourself to explore, it can become very boring. Are you happy, Alexis, that you actually um, didn't jump into the nine-to-five world? Um, I am happy. I, I can say that my sister and I have never had a corporate job. Um, we've always done nine-to-five as a personal assistant or a nanny, and actually there were much longer hours than nine-to-five. <laughs> uh, but working for someone else and working for another family – it was, it was very difficult. It was very tough. So I'm, I'm really happy. Um, I love working for myself. I love hiring other people and and inspiring them that even though you work for me, I want this to be a fun and inspiring and refreshing place for you to come. Mm -hmm. And at what point did you start hiring employees to come on board and give you guys a hand? Uh, we hired on our third sister as our first employee. Um, I would say about, eight to 10 months in, um, we actually, what we first did was we would cut leather to size and send her home with basically a kit to assemble all the bracelets. And then she'd bring them back to us the next morning and we would hand stamp them, um, and engrave them. And so wow. now she's our, she's our product manager. She runs the whole show here. Um, and we actually just hired on two, two more employees. So we're, and we're also, we just put out that we're looking to hire three more people. So we're excited. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. And it's a, such a beautiful sisterly family business. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, we've had a great time. We keep very strong boundaries when we're at work. We are business partners. When we leave work, we're sisters. So Okay. So there's no talking about home or anything? We try really hard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we try really we try, hard. Yeah. We try really hard. Sometimes we need to have just a minute check-in of what's going on in the family, but we try really hard. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, there's something important that you touched on, Alexis, that I was actually speaking to uh, another ex expert about just recently, and that is the, uh, the disease to please and mm -hmm. constantly comparing yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know you said it's so easy to do on social media. Yes. So how do you distance yourself? And I know it's hard. I know, and for me, it's probably something that is more, uh, as social media takes takes more of a momentum in people's lives, it becomes more more um, attention-seeking So to see what other, the other persons are doing. How do you distance yourself from the noise? Um, it's really difficult. Um, some days are really hard. Some days it's really hard to say, you know, how did this person get, you know, 300,000 followers, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, um, luckily, I would say the biggest thing that's helped me is when my husband was playing baseball professionally, you know, he could have easily looked at all the players who were using steroids or cheating to get ahead and doing all of these things. Um, and he could have let that eat him alive, that it was inhibiting him from not making it to, um, you know, the highest level that he wanted to play at. But he did and he stayed focused. He stayed focused on himself. He did what he was supposed to do and just knew that he was going to give it his all. And whenever that ended, 
um, he was going to be feel uh, prideful for that. So um, I'm lucky to have that sort of support system. Um, I wish you could meet Hannah because she is just a, a breath of fresh air. She's the most inspiring person. Um, she does her hair how she wants. She wears whatever clothes. She wears crazy socks. Like I think that she's really fun to be around because she just is a good reminder that no matter what's going on, you always need to stay true to yourself. And so one thing we always say is to do you and do it well. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah. But social media makes it super easy to look at other people. Um, I just don't follow people who make me feel bad about myself. Okay. So that's, that's yeah. a great strategy. You just don't follow people. And when you see other people's successes, do you sometimes think, well, they've done it in this amount of time. Where are we at? Do they've done, do you ever kind of do that level of comparison of comparing your business? Strengths? Yeah, it definitely happens. Um, and it's just, you just have to remind yourself that, you know, everybody's journey is different and someone may make quick success in three years, but, you know, and really reflecting on, is that even what I want? You know, is that even how I want business to go and so forth? So I think it's good to have a really clear vision of who you want to be, what you want your business to be and how you want it to go. And we've been really working on that lately, which is been really empowering to me um, to not compare myself to other people. But again, on social media or anything I see, um, you know, I just try to use it more so as, you know, if they can do it, we can do it too, yeah. rather than feeling bad about it. Yeah. And, that, and that's the key, I think. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, it's your own journey, your own journey. And if, even if I had that success, is that what I want it to be like or look yeah. like? Yeah. I think most businesses that hit success so fast is that they may have investors. And so they're being pushed down this road of a lot of stress and anxiety to grow as fast as possible to make all the money back fast as possible. And I have to remind myself that that's not the road I want to go down. Mm -hmm. I want to do this on my own and I want it to last, you know, 15 to 20 years. Um, so yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's just getting clear on who you want to be and what you want your business to turn into. Yeah. And I really love that Alexis, that you guys didn't get uh, investors. So it's all organic growth. Mm -hmm. It's just you guys putting it out there, getting the revenue in and, and reinvesting it back in. And then yes. back out. that's what you've been doing. That, that's a brilliant. I mean, it's just, it's so less stressful. <laughs> it is. And money can be stressful. I, uh, you know, we didn't just quit our jobs and jump full in and, you know, let our bills go to, uh, to rock. Um, my sister was living in California when we first started, we both worked odd and end jobs. Uh, the first four, when we hit month four, my sister called and said, I think you should quit your jobs and do this full time. Um, you know, and then we'll address me later. And Hannah had suggested that. So I quit and went full time. I ended up flying to California and we drove her home. She lived with me the whole first year of business um, to save money and so that we could invest all of our money um, back into the business. So Wow. That's, and does your husband work in the business at all since it was his idea? <laughs> no, he does not. He does not work here. No, we will not let him. This is a girls only club. Oh, so. really? <laughs> no. He, um, he's great. He has a very good creative eye um, and he can problem solve things very well and build things for us. So he is in charge of building any of our furniture we need. He carries all our heavy stuff. And um, we usually ask for his input, you know, with the rebranding, we're definitely allowing him to, um, you know, what does he think? Because we're two women. So it's nice to have a male's input. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, especially because it's baseball and he's been the baseball pro. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. If someone, and I got this, this question asked of me just two days ago, and I'd love to hear your opinion of it, okay. Alexis. And that is someone was in university college mm -hmm. and asked me, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people who go into corporate and they realize it's not what they want to do. And then 10, maybe 10 years later, they step out of it. 
But he said, I haven't tasted corporate. I haven't had a job ever in my life. I'm still at university college. How would I know what I'm good at? And what would you say to find what that is? I am um, a little radical in my ways and I, and I, I hate it that kids get into college and they get into all this debt and then, you know, they're nearing graduation and they still have no idea what to do or where to go. Um, that to me hurts my heart. It's so sad. Um, I wish that the high school system had a better understanding of how to push kids and defining their interests. There's a school here, Seven Hills, that has um, an amazing lab where they allow their middle school kids to come up with ideas and products. And then they move forward to another class where they learn how to run a business, how to take pictures, how to sell their product. And that's really cool. I, I think if you're coming out of college and you have don't have any idea, don't feel so pressured to jump at the first opportunity that comes your way. Um, set aside your ego, set aside your degree and just, you know, jump into some odd and end jobs, really try to figure out what is going to be your passion and interest. Um, you know, if you're coming out of college with a degree that's specific to something, don't be afraid to try to pull from that and, um, pull a skill. I went to school for social work and I will never work in social work, but I learned a lot of people skills and problem solving and, um, counseling and so forth, which is helping me. So I would say try to put your ego aside. Don't worry your, your degree if you want to use it. You will use it. But don't jump at the first opportunity. Make sure it's something that matches what you want to do. Um, and make sure there's room wherever you go to explore. You know, don't get stuck behind a computer and then never being able to really explore what is it that you wanted to do. That's, that's, that's excellent advice, the fact that put your ego aside. <laughs> yes. yes, you may have done law. Yes, you may have done medicine. And yes, yes. it hurts. But if you really want to be fulfilled, just live, just aside. <laughs> yeah. And money is money. There will always be more money to be made. There will always be more money to be spent. Um, and that's our thing here is our philosophy is how much money does it take to have the life that we want? And when are we going to be comfortable at that level? You know, it's easy to get caught up in a rat race of more, 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 more all the time. More, more. And being your com in competition with yourself constantly that I can mm -hmm. achieve that now the next level, the next level. And it's exactly. you need to just enjoy it as well to just... Yeah, so how long are you here for? No one knows. Yes, exactly. Yeah, beautiful. Now, tell me, um, Alexis, um, I know that you've done this for three years and that you're doing great guns. The organizations that have approached you, because how have they approached you in terms of, is that just been through organic growth of Instagram? Have they come, how do you get these partnerships happening? Um, honestly, uh, my sister and I have always said that we're just, um, we always, things just always work out for us. I don't know why. I think it's because we just have this natural, um, something that we enjoy is always moving forward. We're always looking for ways to network, always looking to connect with that next person, have a meeting, hear their story. You know, how can you help us? How can we help you? Um, and that's helped us. You know, we've put our product in the right hands through networking and contacting and emailing, um, uh, putting ourselves out there. We're not afraid to put ourselves out there at all. And that's helped us a lot. The partnerships have come, I think, from networking, put our, putting ourselves out there. And then that all turns over to people also um, recommending us. We had a pirate's wife, a major league baseball team is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, she knew of us and then simply passed on our business name up the chain of command. And um, we did over 500 bracelets for the um, Pittsburgh Pirates this year, which was amazing and super cool. So uh, I definitely think it's networking is huge. And when you say networking, because so in the online space, 
where people are maybe a graphic designer, maybe someone's listening who's a photographer. Networking means going into a, to a breakfast or to a lunch or to an evening presentation. And is that what you mean or networking online or is there a different level of networking? I think, I think something my sister and I do a lot of is um, we go to this breakfast place that we love. And when we first started going there every day, we always made sure we had product with us and that that product was gift wrapped with a card. And we were never afraid to say, hey, you know, you look like someone who could um, use this bracelet or want to wear this bracelet. And we, we always have product with us. Um, we're never afraid to interrupt. I was at an Arizona Fall League um, game, which is a prestigious league with Major League Baseball in the U.S., and I saw the GM of the Red Sox sitting in the stands. And it's, he's sitting with all of these um, front office people, all of these scouts. It's all men. Um, and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there and give him some laces to put in his hands. And I walked over and introduced myself. I think that networking, you can shoot out a million emails, but making that connection face-to-face -face and letting someone know that you're a genuine human being goes a really, really long way. So I love that. So you give free products. You give free products to those yes. people who've be, who you feel are going to benefit from the product and who could maybe introduce you to other people. Yes, yes. Uh, we went to um, Major League Baseball winter meetings and – our plan there was, it's a huge, huge meeting. Um, it's like all, anyone important in Major League Baseball is there, plus thousands of other people. And um, we were on the trade show floor, but there was an event where we got to go and do a silent auction. And so what we did was my sister Hannah manned the table where we were selling and I went out into the crowd and I just interrupted every conversation I could and introduced myself. I directed people to our table. I told them about myself. I ended up meeting the COO of minor league baseball, um, the head of licensing for major league baseball. I met, I met all these amazing people that set us up then for the next event um, and gave us um, a whole lead on how to move our table up. And I mean, it was just amazing. We got invited to this private event at that next seminar. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Everybody's nervous. Everybody's uncomfortable, but just, just do it. Just, just get started. Oh, I love that. Everybody's nervous. Everybody's uncomfortable. We're all the same. Yes. I love yes. that. Yeah. Cause we all are. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Everyone is. Yeah. Especially at those events, everyone's waiting for like the next drink or when they can, you know, sit down and take a breath or don't, please don't talk to me, but just start the conversation. And I love that you said I could interrupt every conversation I could. Yes, I did. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> talking like, hello, I'm Alexis. You know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. There, people are not like that anymore. And I think it's refreshing when you just are not afraid to say, hi, I'm Alexis and this is what I do. I'd love to show you my product. Why don't you visit my table? Um, people are just looking at their phones and staring down and don't really connect with people anymore. Oh, that's so true. Staring down, looking at your phones. What? Yes. That, that level of confidence, okay? That level of confidence when you go up to someone and you say, you know, I'm Alexis. I'd love to show you my product. Our table's over there. That requires such a huge belief in what you do. <laughs> because I think that's what lacks with so many products and services is that, yeah, I can do it, but to communicate that belief about what I do is, yes. I don't know if you're going to like it. You know, that's the hesitation. Yeah. Where does your belief come from? How do you nurture it? How do you build and continue to feed your belief about your product? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, um, winter meetings, I brought a guy over to the table and showed him our product and he was straight up honest with us. Like, this isn't, this is a terrible product. This isn't going to sell well. It would never sell at my ballpark. And we just said, um, back to him, you know, that's unfortunate that you think that, um, we've had great feedback, but if you change your mind, you know, you, you know where to find us. And he did end up coming back the next day. And I think that was because we did reassure him of anything he was thinking, you know, it does sell well. We are, you know, people wear our product and we can help you sell it in your team store. 
Um, I would say first and foremost, it starts with my mom and my dad as kids. We were raised in an environment that was free of fear. Um, they weren't over our, you know, down our necks or over our backs to see what we were doing. They allowed us to problem solve and really build that confidence in ourselves that we could solve our own problems. Um, and then my mom's one hell of a saleswoman. Um, so she's taught us a lot about putting yourself out there. Um, I think that confidence comes from small victories and small victories can be proving that you can do things on your own. I think a lot of entrepreneurs really stress the idea that you need a mentor. You need to find a mentor. Like, I think you need to find a mentor at certain points of your business and growth periods where you really don't know which route to go or what to do or how to understand analytics. For example, we need a mentor in analytics, but you are equipped with what you need. There are resources like something my mom always used to say is I can't always be here to answer your questions. You need to use the dictionary. You need to learn how to look up words yourself. So I think starting with the small victories and really celebrating those will all transfer over to your overall confidence. So don't be afraid to, you know, practice photography. And when you get a hundred likes on that picture, um, celebrate that, feel good about yourself and allow that to then carry over. Um, so that's something we always do is celebrate every small victory. I hope I never lose that. I hope I never come into work like, Oh, remember we, you know, we used to do this all, you know, I hope it's always, new and exciting and um that I never lose that uh drive to, yeah yeah I love that because um it, it's it's the same level of confidence you know when someone's working for charity and they're trying mm -hmm. to raise money for domestic violence or you know feeding the kids the homeless kids whatever it might be there mm -hmm. is this passion that oozes out of people when they're trying to get people involved mm -hmm. but yeah I find that when people run their own business or their own product or service that same level of passion doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So there is this like, well, you are passionate about doing for the, working for the charity, but when it comes to your own stuff, there is this, you know, unbalance that, you know, and I love what you just said is celebrating the small victories that allow mm -hmm. you to get in touch with the belief behind what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, my husband is, he um, has a training facility here. He gives baseball lessons and he's amazing at what he does. He has a huge clientele. Um, I mean, we live off of that income most of the year. So he's doing so well and he wants a bigger facility. And one of the things that um, I stressed to him was don't call a realtor, you know, don't ask for help, get in your car, drive around, find the building on your own. And then if that building works out, celebrate the crap out of that, that you did that yourself because it's going to carry over that you can do this and feel confident in what you're going to do. Um, and so just think it's those very small steps. Love that. Love that. Be independent to create and critically think for yourself. That's yes. Fantastic. And at what point, because I know you've, you said just now that you've got a, an, um, someone to analyze the analytics for you. Mm -hmm. At what point do you think I should just let an expert walk in and just step me through? So what's the difference between doing it on your own and saying, let me just save time and get someone else involved to show me how to do it? Mm -hmm. um, when we first started, it's a, the only, I can, I'm, I'm big on examples. When we first started, I met with a small business accountant who quoted me for $500 to set up our entire LLC. And, um, you know, we didn't have $500. So I sat down and Googled everything that I needed and I used a free resources here in the U S we have score and it's free. They're retired businessmen and women who will help you and advise you and everything. Um, so we used them. So I think that um, that was a good test for me is that if I, I use Google for everything. If I don't know something, I Google it. So I think that's a good step is if you're looking to do something and you don't really know where to start, 
Google the topic, read up on it. Um, I'm sure you can find blog posts of people who have self-taught and then figure out, you know, is this something I want to focus on or is it something I don't want to focus on? Mm -hmm. Um, accounting is something that, um, I'm not good at, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at accounting. And I, I probably could learn how to use QuickBooks and balance my books, but I feel more confident in hiring someone else to make sure something like that is correct and done correctly. Um, where I, right now I'm learning how to use Illustrator to create templates um, with Adobe um, for MailChimp. That's fun. You know, you, you can't really mess up on that. The, the government's <laughs> not going to come after you over that. So I think a good line for me is if it's something where it's to deal with the government, I would almost prefer to pay someone to help me manage that and make sure that that stays on top of things. Um, the reading of analytics, the reason we're hiring someone is because I want to focus more on how to use the analytics. So I would rather pay someone and, and being able to use that analytic, the, the numbers and so forth. And that information is going to require a lot of time and a lot of um, uh, marketing planning and creating of emails. And it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of time. So I tried to pick what were my priorities and my priority is creating the emails and the marketing. I would rather someone else help me understand how to use that to my benefit. Beautiful. beautiful I think it's a personal preference. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Great. And I know you've been really generous with us, um, Alexis, and you're providing our viewers today, a extra something, a free gift to, uh, to really get to know, the actual work that you're doing and how amazing it is because I've seen it online and I've seen it posted on uh, social media and mm -hmm. I want everyone to experience that. And so could you please tell us about the free gift and how to access it? Yeah, you can get 15% off um, your first lacelet or a second lacelet um, with us if you visit us at our website um, and the discount code will be in the email. Great. And can you give us that website, please, of where you guys are located? Yeah, we're at baseball lacelet. It's L-A-C-E-L-E-T.com. Beautiful, baseballlacelets.com. And that, guys, that actual URL will be in the email that we've sent you and next to this interview, as well as the coupon code that Alexis has kindly given 15% off her lacelets. And it is, it's taken off you know, to a huge extent. Just look up Alexis and look yeah. up baseball lacelets and you'll see it for yourself how incredibly, it, it's just, it's, it's, you know what I found out about it? It surprised me because I thought, baseball lacelets? Like, really? <laughs> and it's yes. Because I just interviewed someone who, um, who retired her husband on showing people how to quilt. Uh, showing people how to quilt. And she said, That's awesome. she said something amazing. She said, it's those niches that you think, really? Really? Like, that are taking off because, yes, people love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Just because you've never thought of it. I mean, baseball is not big in Australia, but it's huge in America. Yeah. A and friend I, of mine just took a book binding class. Like, oh. there, there's something for everyone yeah. if you just know how to market to that group of people. A, a thousand percent. If you just know how to, and you have a passion for it, like mm -hmm. you said, yes, definitely. It's, it's a match there. Alexis, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been yeah. such an eye opener having you, especially because you have a product that you sell to the world. And it's, it's no shop. It's online. People can see what you do. They build a relationship with you. They go and they hashtag about it and they feel like they have a connection with you. And that's just how the online space of products are taking shape. Yes. And thank you for sharing that. And I hope our viewers have taken away from this. If they have an idea, looking to launch that, to go to your website, go and get your products, see the experience that they would get from mm -hmm. you so that they can go and actually see what it's like to put on something and have a, a virtual shop as you do. 
Awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much, so much, Alexis. Really, I know you guys are busy. I know it's approaching Friday there for you and uh, yes. for taking the time. Um, I know you've got 100 inventories or 100 orders just come through. Yes, we took today off and it was a terrible decision. So we'll be busy tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Alexis just got in 100 orders for these basic yeah. and she's supposed to have the day off today. So yeah. I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Alexis. And yes, thank you. To everyone else, thank you so much for watching and we'll catch you very, very soon on the next episode of Monetize Your Mission. Catch you soon.